Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 125. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And coming soon to FX, a new dramatic series where people only incidentally ride motorcycles and mostly sit in a room and talk on a microphone. Sons of Wheel Nerds. This doesn't sound all that hypothetical. Sons of Wheel Nerds. I can imagine the shirts already. Mm -hmm. Skull holding our logo with a... with a... Hockey stick. Although with our with our track record for reproducing, I guess it'd have to be daughters of wheel nerds, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So far, so far, daughters of wheel. You know, my, my second one could be a son. It could happen. So the second one, we're not we're official with second that. Now. One, we're, second we're one, second one is with that. The second one is coming. Good heavens! And, and, and what have I done? What? Wait, wait. So what'd you say that it could be, or when do you find out? Uh, we don't find out for a couple months. Couple months, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it could be could be a son. I might not be completely outnumbered in my home. <laughs> <laughs> Unlikely. Uh, well, congratulations! You're going to be a, you. a son of t- or son, a father of two. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. We're uh, we're we're you know now now we're. We're modifying the house. We have enough bedrooms, and I'm like looking at our car, this tiny little Suzuki that would fit in the office where we yeah. wheel nerds. And I'm thinking, oh shit, two kids, oh, a dog. Shit. Could you get any more suburban America? Uh, I would actually have to buy my own snowblower from <laughs> Home Depot and have someone else fix it for that. I still have enough of that dirt bag because I have, you know, all my neighbors have their nice little snowblowers. I have this shit box that I keep running, which is in about the same shape as the Strom. Runs great, looks like ass. And that's what you're holding on to. Is, is I'm the holding on to that. <laughs> that's your life preserver. It's all I have left. <laughs> that's your life preserver. <laughs> and the Strom, I'm, I'm tough. I'm motorcycling. Tell me again about uh, your, your numbers with lawn watering and whatnot, your experiments. Tumble, shut up. <laughs> I, have, I have a big chart on the wall. <laughs> I remember how much shit you gave me for living in suburbia. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I moved into suburbia and I'm like, you didn't just Chuck and Claire. move into suburbia. You are. You have become suburbia. suburbia. Has moved into me. <laughs> Chuck, Ch- I'm like Chuck and Claire are just gonna. This is this is gonna, this is like a gift to them. Oh, from heaven. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the best housewarming gift I got is still the lawnmower you gave me. <laughs> Which, unlike every other thing I have bought since I bought the house three years ago, is still just running like a top. Bup, bup, bup. It was a good lawnmower. Does what it says in the tin. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like it. Sons of Wilners with uh, <laughs> set in suburbia. <laughs> Dad, can I get a bike? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to school unless you take me in the sidecar. I do. All right. There. <laughs> well, I got. I have to brag about my daughter. Mm-hmm. Along the same lines, daughter of Wilners, and Todd will back me up. He saw this. My daughter takes uh, just had uh, parent-teacher conferences, mm-hmm. and uh, she's in a Chinese Mandarin language course. Mm-hmm. She apparently was doing amazing. The teacher told my ex that she's doing great. Mm-hmm. So I texted her, you know, Daddy's proud of you. I'm glad you're doing well. And just, she responds, I am amazing. Exactly. I am amazing. <laughs> this is a six-year-old little girl texting her daddy, I am amazing. <laughs> There you have it. <laughs> my daughter has figured out how to unlock my phone, <laughs> which gets interesting. Mm-hmm. 
first thing my daughter did when I got my new phone was like, what's your password? <laughs> my password is 1-800-NO. <laughs> I, I told her, I was like, oh, it reads my fingerprint. She holds out her hand. <laughs> give me the, you can. There are two ways we can do this, Dad. You can give me the finger, or I can, or I can take, take it. I just, I can, and I can hear the, her little voice just saying, "I am amazing. I am in so much trouble." My daughter started saying words, and my favorite thing about the words that she says now is she only says one color, and is real nerds approved black. Blue. Blue. It's blue. <laughs> it's the only color my daughter says. I'll point to that. What color is that? Blue. No, that, that's red. Dying. I was thinking rattle can black. <laughs> blue. <laughs> so, uh, you, you see my, my accoutrement here. It's also blue. Yeah, your cool little coochie. My sling is blue. Chuck is broken. I am I am a broken. Now, now, what's the story behind it? Is it because, uh, A, you're old? Or, B, there's a really exciting uh, chain of events that led up to it being hurt. Totally B. Okay. Clearly, there was bikers mm -hmm. and a girl mm -hmm. in distress. Yes. And these, these were, these were angry, angry, bite, angry, uh, uh, the, uh, what's that gang called? Sons of Wheelnerds. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah, the sons of something. Mm. Anarchy, Sons of Anarchy, that's a real gang. They were, there was like at least a good 12, 6, 8, 20, 20 of them. Whole lot. I held them off with, with my right arm. <laughs> and I, I hurt my shoulder. Good job. In the process. I, I was, yeah, I got a, a, a award from this cat city state. So yeah, I, I had to do surgery for uh, rotator cuff problems. So you're so you're both not riding a bike for obvious reasons, yeah. And you also can't drive your car for yeah. hilarious reasons. Yep, I can't shift. He can't shift because he can't shift with his left hand in the car yet, because he hasn't learned how to eat a sandwich with his right hand while driving his Subaru with his left. Obviously, you never delivered pizza in college. Don't you can't you eat with your left? I've eaten with my left. Yeah, but it's it's easier to hold the sandwich with your right because you have more dexterity in those fingers. At least for me. Yeah. I guess if you're left-handed, it'd be great. Well, I, I know. I've eaten with my left hand in the car, and I drive with my knees. And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but no, yeah, I can't shift with my... I've only been driving a stick shift car for two years. How long have I owned this car? Yeah, two years. I was traumatized at an early age about the stick shift. Mm-hmm. Do you know how the old man taught me how to drive this car? I met your old man, so I can guess. Go ahead, guess. You're doing it wrong. What the hell are you doing? Quit grinding the gears. <laughs> yeah, but you know what preceded that? What was that? We got in the car. He handed me the keys. He's like, go. Oh. I'm like, what? He's like, go. Well, how do I shift, clutch, gas, brake, go? <laughs> well, my father was a little better than that. <laughs> I did hit the tree with his Toyota pickup. <laughs> yeah, that, there was just grinding and screaming and, and lots of yelling. Mm -hmm. And there sure. may have been some crying. <laughs> and and that, at that moment, I was just like, no. Automatic. I think he did it on purpose. Yeah. Because he had a thing about, he didn't like manual transmissions. Really? He always liked automatics. Okay, there you go. Because when I got my automatic Mustang, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> automatic Mustang. <laughs> just soak it in. Go ahead. 
<laughs> spike, spike the levels a little more there. <laughs> I'm, uh, the jokes write themselves. <laughs> when I had that car, him and I really souped up that transmission. Because mm-hmm. from the factory, that is, it's a slush bucket. It's mm-hmm. a slush bucket. It's yeah. made for an 80-year-old lady to mm-hmm. comfortably drive. Yep. You can do things with that transmission, mm-hmm. especially modern transmissions that are computer-controlled. Mm-hmm. That they're not. You don't have to drill holes in the transmission to force the fluid in different ways. And mm-hmm. You can swap out your torque converter. Mm-hmm. You can reprogram the chip. Mm-hmm. There's lots of fuck you. My car had a stick, and I could make it shift by moving that stick around. It's a nerdy thing. <laughs> I'll give you that. It's a nerdy thing to be able to, to, to do have, tricks. To be able to, to be able to trick your car into shifting in a vaguely acceptable manner. Way acceptable manner. <laughs> Very exciting. My dad said there was, there was few joys that were fonder in his life than passing someone on a race with his arm up on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I could see that. I've, I've been in a couple of cars that had automatic transmissions. I was in a Roadrunner, the old Plymouth Roadrunner, mm-hmm. and it had an automatic four-speed transmission, and I swear to God, every fucking time that car shifted, it would chirp its tires there without was, fail. I think it's a generational thing where yeah. they, they came into, and you know, my dad was from the Depression area, mm-hmm. and they come into this age where the automatic is new and fancy, and they're like, fuck yeah, we could do things. Well, it could also be, was the, was the synchro mesh transmission a thing at that time? Or was it all crash boxes? I think it might have been all crash boxes. Because crash boxes suck. They yeah. fucking suck. Maybe they were, I don't know. I don't know. But I think he, he poisoned me mm-hmm. against the stick shift mm-hmm. on purpose. Because who teaches their kid to drive like that? Um, I can think of one. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did that shit on purpose. I just thought of that right now. He just He did that on purpose. No one does that on accident. And he laughed about it for years. Yeah, that was laughed completely on purpose. Yeah. 100%. So it wasn't for two years. Two years ago is when I finally... It was because of my divorce. That's what pushed me into driving a stick. Now I'm going to drive stick because screw you. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Hang on. Hang on. I'm surprised the salesman let me take the WRX out for a test drive. (laughs) I told him I can't drive stick. He's like... Subaru, Subaru, go far. Subaru Synchro Mesh transmissions are very hard to screw up. They practically shift for you. It's not quite an automatic, but it's goddamn close. <laughs> you weren't on my test drive. <laughs> Neither was the salesman. Thank God. I just remember my Subaru being like this. Apart from reverse, which always sounds like a like a blender full of bolts, um, and that's pretty much every car because reverse is actually usually crash box. Um, I do like compared the hill. to compared yeah, to my Mercury. The what? The hill hold feature. That's nice. What the fuck is a hill hold feature? I don't know what they really call it, but when you're up on a hill, uh-huh. um, you, you, you can, you know, if you just take off the clutch and you, you've got that second, you got shift in, the car rolls backward, Subaru will hold it. The, the Subi will either brake, or I don't know what it does, but it holds the car there for like a one, two seconds. That sounds really useful, Sally. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> No, no, it's great, Alice. Learning to drive was <laughs> it was it was very useful. One of my early experiences in a stick shift was trying to do the the that little dance, the little dance, uh-huh. and promptly bashing my dad's truck. By the way, if you want to learn to drive stick, don't do it in a Toyota pickup truck. 
Well, with the Subaru, that would have you would have been you know it was much nicer. Yeah, by the time I had my Subaru, I didn't I didn't really I didn't strictly speaking need to clutch for a lot of things. I didn't strictly. I remember my dad to go uphill. My dad took me out, directed me. You know, once I started getting feeling like I was semi comfortable with this this car, Mm -hmm. he directed me to a fucking stoplight on a hill. Nice, (laughs) and that hill was just full of stoplights. I got that too, but in Vermont, there's nothing but hills. And he just laughed. No, he didn't laugh. He was angry. He was just like, God damn it, stop doing that. Charles. You're going to hit the fucking car behind you. What the fuck's wrong with you? Can you just drive now? No. And now you have a show about motorcycles, which are available almost exclusively in manual shift. You know, I think that was like actually part of that. That's what broke the stigma in my head about Mm -hmm. manual shifting. Is I, my God, a clutch. It doesn't bite. I can do this on a bike. Why can't I do this in a car? I can dodge a wrench. I can dodge a ball. <laughs> How the fuck hard can it be? <laughs> we should we should find you something that is befitting of your 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 advanced age and your desire to shift manually. Fuck and you. <laughs> I like my car the way it is. I think I think we can find you something. Oh, okay. This is a 1993 Honda Goldwyn. A what? Which looks suspiciously like a uh, blue Goldwing with a uh, green Muller seat. What the fuck? I have this 1993-1500 Honda Goldwing. Been sitting for a min lost the keys for it was going to fix it, but I don't want it no more. Make me an offer I can't refuse. Okay, wait. Stop right there, Hobo Joe. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? What? A Goldwing. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chuck, that is not, in fact, a thing. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, he's that. that's a gold wing. <laughs> what, what the that f- is. <laughs> <laughs> He's misspelled it twice. He misspelled it consistently. That's my favorite part. <laughs> that's why I, I was confused. He must He must have uh, acquired this 1993-1500 Honda Goldwyn, been sitting for a min, lost the keys. <laughs> lost. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if he was actually the owner of a 1993 Honda Goldwing in as good shape as this one appears to be in, uh-huh. he'd have the keys. He'd know how to spell Goldwing. He'd know, he'd know a long punctuation. He'd, he'd have a long and sorted history of the bike. The, the This bike is uh, okay. <laughs> on the flip side, I don't know who the hell would steal this bike. <laughs> and yet it moves. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it looks like it's sitting on the trailer it was stolen with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. right. wonder if it comes with the stolen trailer. They were just driving around one night and they're like, hey, look at that. It's oh. a Goldwyn. Hey, this is fun. 1993 Honda Goldwyn in the specifics over on the side. Fuel, gas, title status clean, transmission, automatic. This what? is made for you, Chuck. What? This is made for you. No. <laughs> transmission is automatic because that was totally a thing at the time. Automatic is pussies. <laughs> wow, you are rebellious. Look at you go. <laughs> so there it is. Apparently, old gold wings do get stolen. This looks like a bike straight out of like Car Wars or Mad Max. No, I don't get any Mad Max. I get no, no, Car Wars. Old couple in matching gear. Car Wars. This is a bike out of Car Wars. Matching gear. If you ever saw the Car Wars art, this this is the bike they were drawing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's neat. I got a bike for you. That'll beat that. Okay. It's a drift trike. A drift trike. Oh, my God. Hey, guys. I have for sale a drift trike made from a Honda 
Z50. It has fresh PVC over Maxxis racing go-kart wheels. I'm not in a hurry to sell. It is an absolute blast to ride. Feel free to contact. Have a great day. Oh my god. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the front end of a Honda 50R with a pair of PVC wheels covered to the rear subframe. I mean, there's tires. And then he hammered PVC, PVC over, over them. <laughs> oh my god! I like how it has a beer holder in the back. <laughs> oh no, that's probably no. For, that's no, no there's, in a, the there's, a, there's a plastic bottle in there. I bet that's his chaw. <laughs> this is. Uh, I've never seen people do this. No, I, I think this is something that is entirely unique to this person. Thank God. Um, I I guess. I, how much traction could this bike have? Well, I'm thinking not a lot. <laughs> what is what I mean, with the PVC? Would it even really have that much traction to drift appropriately? <laughs> well, it would go in a circle, I suspect, <laughs> um, because there, there's also the power issue. I mean, even if it's a two-stroke, which I'm assuming it is by the look of the engine and the exhaust, you're still not talking about that much power for that much steel behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is um, <laughs> this is uh, this is someone's idea. Someone was like, I'm going to make it. He's going to drift real good. Hold my bear. Hold my bear. <laughs> in fact, no, I'm going to put it in two. Where do you get PVC that size? Uh, you use it for your culverts and things. You don't get it at Home Depot. No. <laughs> Someone went out of his way to find this. I doubt that very seriously. Tray. He works in a tray. <laughs> He's looked at those tough pipes. Are you looking at the welds on the back of this bike? This is made by a person who works in a trade. And he sees he saw these pipes and was like, you know what? I need to put those on a bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know where those yep. need to go. Yep. <laughs> That's a real nice saddle, though. I gotta give it that. It's a pretty nice saddle he's got. And I'm actually I'm looking at the front forks, and they're uh, they're well, they're probably they came with the Z50. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that Z. looks like a good chunk of the bike was right there. Yep, I think so. And now it's not the strap from the the frame to the engine worries me. It is puzzling on a number of levels. <laughs> it's disconcerting to me that there's a strap mm-hmm. that appears to be holding the engine in place. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not confidence inspiring. <laughs> and it's got, looks like it has a pull pin. So you can just drop that motor at will. Clang. <laughs> then it really drifts. Yeah, we need something a little more mechanical. Yeah, yeah. Something like a 1978 Yamaha. Oh. In North Austin, this this is almost exactly what Purple Rain looked like when I acquired it. For the record, with that seat, with that same travel cage saddle, with no no pleather left on it, no uh, same maroon color, same maroon Windjammer SS. Oh, okay, so this was your bike? Uh, no, mine was a Suzuki 750. Oh, okay. So okay, it was okay. a little better, marginally. <laughs> 78 maroon Yamaha, the fastest production bike in 78. Okay. Placed inside for 20 years, 21,000 miles. Maroon, original seat but poor condition. The hell you said. <laughs> Windshield broke, not running. Uh, how many years between now and 1978? I, I live in fear. So, like, all, all many. All about 37. 37, almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. 20 of those, it was inside. Yeah, where inside? Because i got to tell you, looking at this bike... This bike has uh, basically no leather on the driver's portion of the seat. I don't think it was inside that much. 
I don't buy it. I don't think it was inside a building. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, it was inside a forest, inside a cave, inside a lake, inside a mine shaft. The possibilities are endless. On and on they go. So there you go. If you want a bike that's just slightly older than I am, that is in complete rubbish shape, and they want $500 for when you can get a running one of that era for seven hundred, <laughs> it's a fixer up. Restore that pride, pride with a bulldozer. Pride. <laughs> you put it back in the cave. Back in the cave. Back in the lake. Maybe in another twenty years, it'll be cool. Back in the the dark. Back hole. to the depths from which you came. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we can improve on that. We can improve on that. Yeah, we've got a newer bike. This, this okay. is a 2006 okay. Kawasaki Ninja 636 with uh, 13,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. New tires. Okay. It was a branded tile because the previous owner dropped it, but nothing. It's wrong with it. Wait, what? It's a branded tile. The, the Meaning it's a salvage title? <laughs> I think so. He wants three and a half grand for a bike that costs five new? I'm, I'm, I, I assume this is... With a salvage title? He's, he's trying to say this is a salvage title because it was when dropped. that? Because it was dropped. Well, you know, when I dropped my Strom in the alley, it was instantaneously a salvage title. No, no, that's not right. It wasn't at all! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what branded title. I dropped, because in order to have a salvage title, you would have to drop it. Make some serious Do sufficient brain. damage to it that you made an insurance claim, and the insurance would have to total it. Yeah. For the record, salvage title means bike was totaled. <laughs> don't be fooled. That's a thing. Branded title. I don't, I don't know. That that's totally means it's a salvage title. It's completely a salvage title. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Salvage vehicle titles yep. in Utah. Bike has been written off. Yep. Branded title means it was written off as a total loss by the insurance company. But and no, therefore, it's great to ride, I'm sure. Nothing wrong with it. No, shit. No, <laughs> Frame's no, not no, bent at all, I'm I sure. Know, I just, come on. <laughs> rims mostly vaguely circular. I mean, Urals don't need circular wheels. Why do you need them on your ninja? You know, I'm wondering if I can ride the Ural off my shoulder like this. Uh, I don't know. Steering it's going to be an adventure. Steering? Well, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't have to lean or anything. I could power it with my left arm. Mm-hmm. Stopping will be a real adventure. I can squeeze without a problem. Mm-hmm. Can you make your arms straight enough to reach the bars? I think so. I think if I'm supporting my arm on the handlebar, I think it, it might work. Mm-hmm. I'll ask my doctor. <laughs> I kind of want to be there when you ask. <laughs> <laughs> He's already told me no to something. He just gives things. you this dirty look. <laughs> These things. I've already got a confession to make to him that I might have undone something. <laughs> Because the previews owner dropped it. <laughs> I dropped my arm, so. Okay. <laughs> I'm the previews owner of this arm, drop it. Confessions. All right. Confessions, confessions. We've got more. More? Yeah, look at this. keeps going? Return of the stretch. Oh, no. Why did they do these awful things? Why? I don't understand what he's saying. Okay, so it's a uh, 2012 CBR 
1000 RR Turbo for 26 grand in West Chicago. So what he says in his headline, read the first sentence of, of the of the type. Only 2012 or newer Turbo CBR available. Quick what? details will be given below. This Only 2012 scam. or newer? This is, this, is, this is a scam. I can tell you from the first two sentences, that weird sentence structure, mm-hmm. that's that's a, you know, we have good... Please to make good uh, good deal now, sir. I am a sailor on the ocean who would like to buy your bike. Mm-hmm. Sight yeah. unseen. Yeah. Yeah. Quick details to be given below. Bike has 4K miles and was done in 10 and 12. Makes around 400 wheel horsepower. No, it doesn't. Interested in all offers. Testing sale, but unfortunately it's time to let it go. What? What? Testing sale, but unfortunately it's... A- this is completely scam. What? This is somebody who ran their shit through Google Translate. <laughs> it clearly is. This is the ultimate street legal machine. Only the best of everything used. Make an offer. It's in- He's already listed the price above. What do you mean, make an offer? We want twenty six grand for this bike. Yeah, well, you know. He, All right, let's go. He's on. willing to give you a sweet thing. This bike was handcrafted and built by Elton Fish of EFR Racing. Fuels lesser known. <laughs> this is a very quick list, and the specifics are lengthy. Everything has. Been custom made one off. There are no kits or universal kits for this bike. Nothing was spared. It was built to handle as a daily driver. Bullshit. 400 horsepower and a stretch swing arm. Daily driver, huh? Go That's on. a 12-inch swing arm? Do tell. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is a bunch of pictures of a bike like this that have been stuck together. <laughs> this is the this is the, we found these pictures on a uh, site somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is all kinds of dirty i wow i mean just the, the i mean the pictures clearly show a very customized bike yeah but what the fuck yeah well what you got is you got this this is actually one of the, the particularly um common scams is they'll find pictures of a cool interesting bike and okay. they'll put it up and they'll act like it's a real legit thing note the incredible keyword holy spam. shit the keyword list is huge yeah yeah it's giant keyword spam Mm-hmm. But all they really want to do is they want to get someone on the hook, let them talk, let the person talk them way down on price, okay, and give them a deposit and of five hundred dollars or thousand dollars for a bike that they don't even have. But you got, I mean, why would you give someone a deposit for a bike you don't see? Um, because it's a sexy looking bike and people are idiots. <laughs> is the short answer. I mean, have you ever thought of buying a bike that you? Can't just go see? No. Shit, no. Well, that's not entirely true. I bought the Ural sight unseen. No okay. pictures of it. Okay. But, you know, I was buying it from a person mm-hmm. who was clearly, like, a real person. And I asked for, like, can I? Can you show me this? And he's like, yeah. And he's taking the picture. And you can see he's, like, in his freaking garage. And his dog is getting into the frame. And it, it, it wasn't on Craigslist. No. No, he wasn't on Craigslist using broken English sentences. He's, he's like, I a mean, college professor. This bike, this bike, for all its custom work, is nothing special. No. So No, it's turbocharged and it's stretched. I mean, why would you not I I, I can't I, I can't picture the person that would give money as a deposit for this bike without going to go see it. I can't I refuse to live in that world. Well, whatever makes you happy, Chuck. I don't live in that world. Okay, yeah, yeah, just saying, you know, somebody else if there's sucker born every minute. Oh and, you know, think God. think of what they're going for with this. Seven thousand people see this. If one person is interested and actually throws down five hundred bucks yeah, that's a win. They completely won. Yeah, yeah. You know? For just type a few minutes of typing and, and yeah. Google Translate. For, for a few minutes of Google Translate and basically probably mostly cut and pasting 
from description of the actual real bike that's being sold, mm-hmm. as opposed to this, which is completely not an actual <laughs> thing. <laughs> Only 2012 or newer Tubo CBR event, yeah. Only yeah. or newer. <laughs> Only this for sale. Yeah, your your um your translate didn't work. What the word you want is. <laughs> Just my, or just the, or here's my. You know, only is is strictly speaking probably a direct translation. Only or newer. It's or newer. It just makes it even worse. Or, or newer. Mm-hmm. This might might be newer. It's a 2012 for sure, but it could be newer. It could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck that. Onward. Onward. Upward. To here in Utah. Available now. What? Nice start to a nice start. <laughs> this is a nice start to a trike project. Oh. This has been sitting in a shed for a few years now in inside. It's Do been inside. Tell. It's been inside. I'm far from a mechanic. No. But it looks like a Volkswagen motor would go in it. There is a transmission. It's never been finished, so no title. I, I would believe this is not stolen. <laughs> Best bet to get more info would be to come and look at it. <laughs> Call or text Brad. Oh, Brad. Yeah, so this appears to be a, uh, a crappily built uh, trike. I agree with him. It kind of has the look of one of the ones that has the Volkswagen motor in it. Yeah, I could maybe buy a Volkswagen engine might go in it. I mean, this was a thing for a long time because you can take a Volkswagen like a Beetle engine. It's a longitudinally mounted engine. And you basically just hook the engine almost directly to the wheels. Is the back a dune buggy? Um, Kind of. Maybe, yeah. How's that look? This is not the start, a nice start. This is not a nice start. There's nothing nice about this. Yeah, I could probably agree with that. <laughs> the the, the price end, is right. The front end is particularly scary because the front end appears to be from kind of a cheesy dirt bike with a drum brake. Mm-hmm. Does not fill me with confidence. This is a... You could put pedals on this and it would not look <laughs> out of place, I would have to say. This might have had pedals at one point. But, you know, it's a nice start to a trek project and what you do is you take this start and you throw it away <laughs> yeah i agree it, it has it has that glittery paint thing i think this probably was somebody indeed trying to build one of those volkswagen motor trikes uh-huh. the trouble is is those volkswagen motors are no longer ubiquitous like they were when this was probably originally put together yeah you know this in is the, uh, in the 70s and 80s that was an engine you could get that was easy to work on this now, is a a nice start to dissuade someone from a trike project. I think so. <laughs> I bought the makings for your trike. I got a trike. Does it go anywhere? No, oh, you can, can push it. Maybe you put a motor in it. Uh, There's a transmission. It's cool. Hey, don't worry. All right, the last one. <laughs> this is a 1995 YZF600R600OBO $6. <laughs> what? In Philly. Track bike as is, no tittle. No keys. This bike does start and runs very strong. Just needs a battery and carbs clean. And by the look of it, a front end. I want six hundred, but I would take four fifty, maybe lower this weekend. Also, will trade for car dirt bikes, go karts, quads. Doesn't matter condition. Doesn't have to run. Reet beginner bike or stunt. Text me or email. What? Does, what doesn't matter? What doesn't, doesn't have, have to, to run. run? Reet beginner bike or stunt. Text okay, me. Okay, doesn't have to run. Great. Beginner bike or stunt. Text me. No, no, I'm I'm definitely hearing beginner bike or stunt text me. That's where like you text, but you do it when you're like doing a backflip. <laughs> yeah, he only will take stunt texts, as you can tell by the fact that this bike's has clearly been repaired repeatedly with electrical tape. Um, he he is all about the stunt text. I like the fact that he gives us his license plate. Yeah, he's got his license plate. There's no title. It's a track bike. 
but he has a street a license plate. A license plate. Yeah, that's uh, that's not sketchy at all. So I don't think this was a track bike. <laughs> I, I'm going with this was a stunter <laughs> who had a bad, which day. is why he only takes stunt tests. Actually, yeah, that would be consistent. That top part of the the uh, tank that's all caved in there. Yeah. So the top part of his tank is caved in, and he appears to have covered it with tape. And Bondo seems to be worked in there somewhere, and he has spray painted it badly black. Now the top of the tank being dented would be consistent with doing a wheelie and going too far. That's usually what gets dented. Is it that, or did he relocate the gas cap? Uh, I don't know. He might have actually relocated the gas cap. Because it's awfully far back. Yeah. Why would you? I think he relocated it. That's really weird. Is there a stunter reason for that? Uh, maybe if you land on the top of the tank, it doesn't damage the gas cap. <laughs> because reasons? We should stunt text him and find out. <laughs> Here, hold my feet. I'm going to try to get upside down and touch him. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be close to your feet. <laughs> no. I, I'd say you should stunt. Well, I have to be the one to stunt text him. If you stunt text him, you'll fall and hurt yourself even worse, old man. Come on. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Suburbia, with the two and a half kids. I have to, I have to, I have to live on the edge somehow, and all I have left to me is stunt texting. <laughs> friends don't let friends stunt text. Stunt texting is dangerous. Talk to your kids about stunt texting. I, yeah, I think he relocated that. I don't, I don't know why. The but. reasons are, are, well, the, the really confusing part. I don't know. I am utterly baffled. I got it. I don't know. I am 100% baffled. I know why he relocated it. Okay. Because he can no longer mount it there in the tank. Because he... It, it's both of our theories in one. He crashed. He crashed. Just buckled the ever-living shit out of that part of his tank. And the only place with a consistent enough, like, surface to do it was Lord further down. back. And then he just bonded and taped over it. Yep. Wow. Nice. Nice. I buy that theory. Title status, clean. Like <laughs> status, not. <laughs> Just needs a battery. It's <laughs> a battery and, you know, a front fairing and, you clean know, carbs. metal. It's fine. <laughs> Some more Bondo where we wouldn't hurt. <laughs> what, what, there's a big bucket of it right next to it. Yeah, I, did, yeah, I didn't notice that. There's a big bucket of that. Striper, huh? He's serious about his repairs. <laughs> This guy. It also appears to be missing a seat, for the record. Yeah, no seat, no, no, mm-hmm. no rear end, really, to speak yep. of. No, this is this um, is a total stunter. Side racks. It looks maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's very confusing. This bike has seen way better days. <laughs> this bike has seen things, <laughs> things it's not proud of. The frame, the the extruded aluminum frame, appears to have dents and disfigurements in it. You, you, I wonder, ladies and gentlemen, don't ride this bike. I wonder if that tank is even original to the bike. Oh, I'm sure it's original to the bike. Really? Look at that. That, that Along there, along the bottom there? Well, look at the state. The reason the tank doesn't look like it fits the frame is because the frame is no longer the original shape of the frame. <laughs> it's an extruded aluminum frame, so it's kind of a tubular, not exactly a tube, but sort of like a, a squarish yeah. trapezoidal shape that runs up the length of it. Yeah. Well, if you dent that, it's going to look funny. Yeah, that's because it's not going to be the same shape anymore. Oh, that side's dented all to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh. this is a uh, this bike has seen shit. Well, all right, things that would chill you slip off. Uh, I don't think. Uh, yeah, no. no. 
So listeners sent us a whole bunch of stuff, of which one is particularly interesting to us. This one was put on our Facebook by Bugs. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, uh, a, a helmet cam of a dude crashing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bugs is like, what do you think happened? Well, you tell the tale. Yep. What, what, what would you do? So here's a bunch of sport bikes riding along down a road, passing some slow-moving trucks, whatever. They're in the country. Yeah, they don't look like they're all that crazy. No, they're not it doing anything all that crazy until this guy right here goes across the lane, off the road, through the dirt, <laughs> and up the side of a hill such that it throws him through the air and he goes flying. Yeah, ass over tea kettle. 20 feet in the air or something. That looked crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the aftermath is him just making these weird noises. Yeah, well, that, that'll happen. <laughs> so here, here's what I see. This is the classic my buddies are going fast crash. Okay. So check it out. They're riding along behind yep. the cars. Yep. The cars are moving slowly. The road begins to curve to the right. Okay. Yep. It curves to the right and it also dips. You can see in the distance there's a river there. Okay. So his two buddies pass the white truck. He starts to pass the white truck and the idiot that he is he suddenly realizes that he's on an incredibly blind curve. Yep. Yeah, the and SUV in front of him sees him. Watch the SUV's nose as it comes up, dives. Okay, so he breaks hard. SUV is on the binders. And uh, <laughs> this dude just target fixates on. Right, just there. Just wherever <laughs> he's pointing at that moment. That, that's all he's looking at now. <laughs> he, he fell back on his training and locked up at the controls. Yeah. And went right into the dirt. This is a, cl- this is a classic, I gotta keep up with my friends even if it's stupid moment. Mm. That's what you got. I'm calling it. All right. God, that looks bad. Yeah, it looks pretty scary. It's that looks horrible. Funny thing about that, if you if you really can't wait two minutes for a safe pass, maybe you should just not be with these friends. Mm-hmm. You know, just saying. Says the man I've seen pass on a double yellow. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't fly off the road through the air. <laughs> That's true. You have it. <laughs> Mr. If you can't wait two minutes for a pass. <laughs> wait one and really stomp on it. <laughs> <laughs> then wait one and punch it. <laughs> I mean, in your defense, that wasn't the blind curve. It was going up and we could see clearly all the you way up. You could see two miles in front of us and there was nothing there. Nothing but windy road that this dude was fucking us on. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it's funny to hear it coming out of your mouth. We all have our moments. Yeah. So, it, it, it makes me think about, going fast makes me think about racing. And you could take everything I know about racing, and you could fill a very large single line on a piece of paper with it. Could you make a chart? All right, we're on with Kristen Casey, a motorcycle racer, entrepreneur, and girl. And it's a strange world where girl is notable. I like talking to girls. Well, Hi, Kristen. Hi, how you guys doing? We're doing good. We're fantastic. How are you? Fabulous. You were just out playing with your, your toy trailer that uh, yeah. I heard about on the pace, the black mold thing. Yeah, my rolling fort, my garage, my... Your home away from home, right? Yep. Right now it's my home at my home. Did you get in a fight with the roommate? She calls it the guest house. (laughs) Yeah, or the dog house. It's the it's the racer in law house. Exactly. I wouldn't call it a suite, but it's getting there. We're working on it. Okay, just like Todd and I are not race guys. Yeah, I I have to confess that I I love motorcycles. You know, I I'm all about them. I have a dumb show about motorcycles, except when other 
guys are talking about motorcycle racing. It's honestly, it feels like they're talking about football to me. Right, like you just get lost in sauce. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. They're like, oh, did you see this and that? And the, 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 so let, let's start at the beginning. Um, how, how does one get into motorcycle racing? Because I know how you get into motorcycles. Right. But. Well, mine is kind of on a bet slash dare. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a street bike in, well, I had, Every time I sold a horse in the horse industry that I was in, you know, training and selling and competing, I would get a bike, and then I would sell that horse, and then I would sell that bike, and then get a faster bike and a better horse, and it just kind of escalated, and then I was one of those people that make other people hate motorcycle populations in general, like no protection, going super fast between tractor trailers, and no care in the world, and like, <laughs> straight idiot. <laughs> And somebody said, well, like, you know, you think you're so cool or so fast, you should go to the track and see, you know, what I'm like, track where? Where do you do such a thing? What do you mean? Yeah, where do you find, where is this place? Um, so I, I literally, like, there was a race at New Jersey Motorsports Park, which is about 45 minutes from my, from my house. And they were like, you need to go there and just like, ask around and talk to everybody, figure out what to do. And so I drove. I had a Suzuki Jixxer 750 at the time. So I drove that over there, and it was like my eyes were opened to this realm that I didn't even know existed. Like, everybody's gone the same direction. There's no cops. There's no animals. Well, sometimes there's animals, but very few and far between. And, um, and they don't live long. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on bikes. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, so I just asked around, and I was like, well, what do I have to do? Where do I go? And... They told me to sell my bike and get an SV650, and then they told me what kind of gear to get. So I literally, I, I'm not even kidding, I went home that night, put my bike on Craigslist, and this is when like Craigslist was still legit, and you could sell things actually to people <laughs> as a marketplace, which not anymore, but anyway. That's uh, not true. I sell children all the time. It works so, great. <laughs> well, inanimate objects are like a thing of the past on Craigslist, I feel like, but uh yeah, so I sold it the next day, full asking price. And then two weeks later, I was at the track with my bike that I knew nothing about. And I went from being at the top of the pond or the top of the, you know, food chain as far as thinking I'm so fast that I'm this and that to all the way to the bottom of the deep, deep, deep ocean. I was like, what? You want me to do what? At how, at what speed? That turn? Where? How, what? How? How are you going to do that? Um, and then it just kind of came to me, but I really sucked at first. Like, I was really bad. My dad was like, Kristen, honey, I, everyone's passing you. <laughs> was he doing, was he doing the don't feel bad dad voice to you? He was like, I'll be in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, I'm going to hang my head in shame. Like, let me know when you're done. So uh, have you stopped street ra- street riding entirely? Have you stopped street racing yet, Kristen? That's what we want to know. I don't even have a street bike anymore. Okay. Does the street not interest you, or is it, or does it frighten you? Oh, it scares the crap out of me. Are you kidding me? I don't really want anything to do with anything on the street. Like, I'm even afraid to ride my puffy on the street. It's, like, real out there. <laughs> the streets are so real. we got so many people that do tracks that, that talk about how scary the real world is after that. <laughs> oh, my God, it's horrible. <laughs> There's cars and birds and bicycles. Yeah, and... It's like, what's that movie, like, Blast from the Past or something? Or, or 
the guy goes into a time capsule and he comes out in the world and he's like all freaked out because everything is moving and new and there's computers and people are talking into devices and it's like that, but scarier. <laughs> okay, so you started out on SV650. What are you writing now? Right now I have a 2013, um, it's, it's actually a brand, it's new to me and it's also new, it just was a leftover, um, Yamaha R6. Ooh, those are the best deals to be had. We would need to sell this bike. It's taking up floor space. You should sell it to me. <laughs> that's that's the kind of deal I'm trying to get on the EBR. You're, you're, you're a giver, Kristen. <laughs> Everybody's got a deal. Everybody's got a guy. Okay, so so I uh, racing noob question for you. So you list racing middleweight superbikes, super sport, GP, GTU. BBQ, LOL. Okay. What? Help. It's like going to Starbucks for the first time. It is. So. It totally feels like that. And everyone's <laughs> standing in line behind me going, Ugh. You want a venti what? Come on, what, what, what? Yeah. Okay, so those classes, really they're just classes because like it would be so boring if you went to race and you're like, 1A, it's your turn. Like that would really be boring and unofficial and not super cool and super fast and blah, blah, blah. So, but really what those classes mean are, are the, the rules and the specifications on like what you can actually change on the bike. So in the super bike class or unlimited class, you really can kind of do like whatever you want. I mean, you can change the rim weight, you know, put aftermarket rims on that are lighter. You can change the brake master cylinder. Um, those are two major things that you definitely cannot change in super sport, super stock or uh, GP. They sure like super, don't they? <laughs> super. Is there going to be a super scooter class in the future? Because that would be sick. Yeah, it's called After Hours, when all the officials leave and we get on our pit bikes. <laughs> wow. Is that when all the Groms come out? Yes. Actually, they do have Grom races. They totally do. And I want one, but it's like trying to find an elephant or a unicorn. It's like super hard to find. I had a chance to walk out of a dealer with one under each arm, and I walked out on it. <laughs> Todd hates me. To this day. It. Yep. It's just, literally, I, I could have walked out with one under each arm. That's how small they are. Oh, my God. Yeah, now, we, we would get, like, full leathers and get on those and, like, PW50s and run around like Godzilla giants on these little tiny bikes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it feels like to be a kid on one of those bikes yeah. in the pit boys. Yeah, my big wheels. <laughs> So you're racing on one bike, and you can compete in, like, th three, four classes, five classes? You can compete in, like, 12 classes. With the same bike? Yes. Yeah, exactly. When I had the SV, I could, I could do even more. But you can go up in class. Like, let's say you have the SV650. So that's a V-twin. So you can race all these lightweight, ultra-lightweight type. Those would be, like, the classes for the V-twins. Um, also, your Ducatis would fall into that. Now, the Triumph wouldn't. The Triumph has to race with the 600s because that would be like it going. That'd be like the 750 running with the 600s. would be the equivalency of like a Triumph running with V twins. So all the V twins go together. What's that? Because they're triples. Right, exactly. So they've got one extra, so they can't do the class with V twins because they have that extra cylinder. So Hey, don't uh, hate for what God gave you. <laughs> well, or what he bought you. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, so you can go up in any class you want. So that the SV650, for example, you can race that in the ultralight, lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, unlimited. You'd be a fool to do so, you know, with the bigger bikes, but you can because you're not at an advantage. That's like your own stupidity for entering those classes. Um, this seems like really granular kind of does. division between bikes. I, I mean, with NASCAR, it's like there's there's a car. Yeah. <laughs> Go there fire goes. up your grill. <laughs> Turn left. We yeah. got Nick Olferman doing commercials for us. Yay. And I just don't even know where to start with the motorcycle racing. It's just, what what class do I want to watch? Clearly, you want to buy an SV650 because then you can go and jackass your way through basically any class. I'll tell you what. That bike is so much fun because you really, like, I understand why everybody told me to start on it because you got to really try to crash that thing. Like, you can wail on it and it's just, the power band is not, like, volatile. It's, it's pretty smooth. Like, it's just a very predictable bike and it's super lightweight. So you don't feel like you're throwing a lot of weight around. It's not fatiguing. Um, but that being also said, the day that my father told me I shouldn't be racing was also the first day that I rode that bike on the track and crashed. Possibly <laughs> it, it, it did what? 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 What now? What? Three times I crashed. They were like, oh my God, she didn't come around again. Oh, there yeah. she goes again. <laughs> <laughs> I would come back in and they were like, Kristen, seriously? Like, what? I mean... Come on, nobody else has crashed this many times on the first day. Like, I'm like, well, he tried to pass me. Like, so I freaked out. out. <laughs> Follow the leader. And I'm like, not today. <laughs> so, I mean, was it, did you find it, the environment to be supportive? Was it encouraging or was it more like, wow, you're yeah, insane? Oh, no, it was like instant family. Like, you just felt like you had, you ever meet someone like you just instantly click and just get along and it's like, where have you been all my life? I feel like I've known you forever. It's just like that, but with hundreds of people. No, no, I don't get that. L- true story. I sat on a bench at the train station today. The girl, three seats down, got up and walked away and stand 20 feet away f- and stood there <laughs> waiting for the train for 15 minutes. I was sitting on a bench by myself. What? True story. Yesterday at the train, packed train car. Deputy comes in. Where is the track cop? Train cop comes in, checks my ticket, leads. Do you have like the, the grumpy cat? Uh, like he's got, he's got the creep vibe. I don't know what I have. He exudes <laughs> creep. My arm's in a sling. Oh god, to me. How threatening can I be? So I, I suspect the question a lot of people are thinking, and you know, it came up at the beginning is did, the fact that it's notable that you're a girl who happens to be a racer in a sport where everyone wears completely concealing leathers and helmets is sort of strange that it's even a thing. Has it, do you feel like you, it's been different, easier, harder, just different being a woman in a world that is, I mean, mostly male riders, right? I mean, I don't yeah. know the percentages, but. It's like 1% hold a license uh-huh. and that's not even the percentage that are active racers in the country. So, hmm. um, for example, our races, uh, for CCS and ASRA, uh, let's take just last year, Roebling, uh, first, weekend in March, roughly, there were close to 900 entries and three girls, myself, two others. Uh, Other times I'm the only one there who's racing. Um, It's very small percentage. And and it's been all of those things. Like when I first started, it was what I thought was really welcoming until I said I wanted to race. And then they were like, oh, wait, wait, wait. 
like you're cool and all, but I, I'm not trying to race you. You like, like you want to race? I mean, like what? Yeah. Which, okay. So like for doing track days, everyone was like really cool and encouraging. And when you say you want to actually get on the grid with them, then they're like, "Have you have you thought this through?" Yeah, but these are also the track day people speaking, uh-huh. not the racers speaking. Okay. Hmm. Really? You have gone just to a racer track day only or like a race school um, where it was usually the race schools where you go to actually get your license. It's a partial like 50, 50 classroom, 50, 50 uh, on track training. Um, those are usually held in conjunction with like a racer practice as like a third or fourth session that's offered and rotated throughout the day. And then followed by a Saturday, Sunday race weekend type thing. So ideally like you would go to the school, take the class, get your race license, do this little fake mock-up race as long as you don't crash or are deemed dangerous or stupid or whatever, then they'll give you your license and then typically you'll enter the races that that following Saturday, Sunday. So you get like, you know, three solid days of riding and then that would be like your first race weekend. Um, now that community is all about like the more racers, the merrier because the more people we have on the grid, the more sponsors we can get, the more attendance we can get and the more the more ever, it helps everyone like nobody wants to race 10 people nobody <laughs> or three for that matter like the more people we can get into it any racer would be a fan of anyone trying to get into the sport but it's the people who think that they know like all those bloggers that are like i know how to fix this i'm an expert i'm the chief i'm the captain i'm the ex- just everything it's like those people apparently mr adventure has his equal number in the racing world mr racer yeah mr <laughs> racer <laughs> yeah he's there all too present i'm very fast and let me tell you about how fast i am and, and let me tell you how to go faster but not faster than me <laughs> it's like what do you have any skincare tips to go with being a racer oh yeah Absolutely. I can't say the brands because they're not giving me any money. Of course. But, sure. uh, <laughs> have to be fair. Have to be fair. Um, there is a talcum powder that everyone who rides or races, we all know about it. Well, not everybody knows about it, actually. My, uh, my old crew chief down in Florida had seen it like maybe two years ago. We've known each other for five years now plus. And he was like, what is that on the table? I'm like, that's my, uh, my stuff, man. I gotta stay like fresh. What's that guy <laughs> dumping into the front of his pants? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because the name of it. Um, well, I might as well just say it. Whatever. It's called anti monkey butt. Oh, yeah, I know I that. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we use it for babies. <laughs> yeah, they got a baby one. They got a biker one. They even have like a pregnant mommy one for I don't know all the things that come with pregnancy. But that's what I use, and I love that stuff. It is amazing. Um, I also use the cooling rags. Very, very frequently. Um, you can get them at like Walmart or any, you know, general store. Um, you should reach out to Monkey Butt, see if you can get a sponsorship. You know, I, I thought about it. It's, I think it's just like one guy. Um, <laughs> how, how sick, how sick would that, that logo of theirs look on the side calling of your bike, really? Uh, I mean, can you imagine having like that? I don't know what kind of monkey it is, an orangutan or whatever, <laughs> like printed on the leathers. Like, oh, that would be badass. Have, like, the, the shirts at the beach or wherever. doesn't matter all- if it's one guy. you got to make it happen. Well, I'll make that call. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like? I mean, is, being a female racer, is it 
harder for you to get sponsors? Are sponsors more like second guessing you? Or? I think it's just as hard, um, but I can't really say because I've never been on Guy. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, okay. well, what, I, what goes into getting a sponsor for you then? For, uh, well, it's different now than what it used to be. So, like, when I first started, Kristen, I was like, it's only been four years. Come on. <laughs> well, I also took three years off. I mean, back in my day. Yeah, well, you know, when I was old enough to run a car. <laughs> Back in my day, at the beginning of this decade. <laughs> yeah, when I actually had like cute nails, like back way back when, and I could get pedicures and <laughs> do all those girly things. When Obama was president. <laughs> oh, wait, that's still happening. <laughs> so, um, no, damn it, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> Sponsors, how do you oh, get them? Okay, so guys will complain to me and be like, oh, well, first of all, everyone thinks that I have, like, it made. Like, oh, you just have a full ride and this, this, and that. I'm like, no, I have two jobs and have developed, uh, like, a sleeping disorder where I can just go for, like, three days straight and not really get much of a sleep, just like a cat nap here or there, um, just because I... I just really want to do well at this and I work really, really, really hard at it and try all different types of things. And, you know, then people will be like, these same people will then say, well, how did you get that? I'm like, I called them on the phone (laughs) and said, hi, I am a racer. (laughs) This is what I do. I like your product. Let's work together. Or, hi, I want to come to your event for PR. Do you want me to come to your event? Yes? No? Maybe? Okay. Like, it's really not, like, it, you can't expect, a lot of people expect people to just be like, oh, well, you race, so you're just going to have, uh, you know, the phone just be ringing off the hook, which I hope, I mean, obviously that's the goal, but I have yet to even complete one full season just due to, like, random life circumstances like having uh, a bike land on top of you yeah like that like a triple axle nancy kerrigan triple loop de doop swoop super it's gotta have a super in there and nosedive yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> on my kneecap <laughs> so so is the automatic assumption of sponsors when you call them that you're just some chump until you prove otherwise i mean do they like check up on you or some of them do i think the ones in the industry do and then the rest of it like if i say to a company uh hey like you know i think this would be a good fit or whatever we have the same market or demographic that we can reach and they'll say oh so you race like over the jumps no no No, still no only if i go off the track yeah they're like so what kind of jumps i'm like what kind of other jumps are there, first of all? Like, what kind of question is that? We need to ask for jumps? Like, I'm going over speed bumps? All day? Ski jumps, what? duh. Well, clearly, clearly, this needs I mean, a call to uh, Mr. Dirt Biker. <laughs> what kind of yeah. jumps are there? No, I'm like Dan Mangera. I just, like, go off of roofs. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> uh, no. No one, no one even knows. It's like this secret world. I would say 99% of the people that I talk to, like, in the public, or if I'm at the convenience store getting gas and I have, you know, my trailer and my race bike in the back of the, oh, what, like, is that the drag strip? I'm like, oh my God, seriously, does no one know that this sport exists? (laughs) That's the thing. Most people don't. Well, I didn't even know. So I can't even get mad because 
I went and was like, holy We've got a big ass track here in Salt Lake, and yeah, and we're two goobers who have a know. motorcycle podcast. We're like the preeminent motorcycle podcast, and anyone who I says different is lying. Clearly preeminent. I mean, I didn't even know it existed in the country, let alone like in a fifty mile radius. I had no idea. But in all fairness, I was also like living on horse farms and training horses, and not like having a life. So I'm really glad you got away from horses. Those things are incredibly dangerous. The, no, the, the horses are stupid. Like, all right, they're stupid animals. They don't get it. They're whatever. They're herd animals. They're flight animals. They're just stupid animals. They have, and they weigh a lot. You can't take any time off from that because, like, that animal is your partner. You know, like, the bike, I just... Horse doesn't do vacations. Yeah, my bike has a vacation right now. It's, like, at the beauty spa. It gets treated better than I do, you know? Like... <laughs> It's, and if it's broken, I'm just like, well, you're just going to have to wait till mom gets paid. Like, you know, and I can't get like a lawsuit for that for inhumane cruelty animal. <laughs> cruelty to bike. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to complain about that sprocket? Really? How about like, that valve job that we did last week? You're not saying thank you for that. No. Let me tell you about the last grocery trip, bike. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we bought those shop towels last week. Yeah. So it's just like. It's a really tough sport because if you if your horse gets hurt and you've got like 150 grand that you spent on your competition season and that horse hurts itself somehow you just you can't sub in another horse that's it you're done so you gotta Let's have like three going at once. Let's be honest. It's a lot more fun to shoot a motorcycle with a shotgun than it is a horse. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean seriously. <laughs> Not that I've done both, but I've done two. <laughs> so, so that that it brings up an interesting point. So the the, I mean, okay, so it's not horse racing expensive, but I mean, having I a bike. Oh, well, no, no, no. And, See, I got into this uh, thinking it was going to be cheaper because I could put the bike in the garage and like it was going to have the same feelings that it did the day that I put it in the garage and the day that I took it out. And you know, it's not going to change unless I change it. No, the faster you go, the more money you spend. And an AMA, you know, pro circuit budget for like maybe a B bike or like half a B bike on the side, skimping would be like close to 200K for the year. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. How, how many people, what, what kind of team is supporting into you? How many people do you have working? You've talked about your mom That's it. doing tire pressures. Okay, so it's you and your well, mom. it's myself and my mom, and then I have a crew chief, um, okay. Rich Conrath, and he's right in Salem, New Jersey. Um, so he's the most local person to me since I moved back here. Uh, and he is, So he's a crew chief of a crew of one? Well, he's a he's in the first many hats. Not all at once. Too expensive. Yep. <laughs> Stack him up like sombreros. Um, he and, yells at himself in the mirror. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he's a crew chief for many different riders as individuals and privateers and also for teams. Uh, okay. He's done that his entire life. He's been in it forever. And I, I really, really love going to him because we just we get along really well and we think the same way about things and have the same expectations of each other. Um, so... It, he is very detail oriented as am I, and I have an engineering background. So when I, he's telling me, oh, this is that, oh my God, look, look at this chart and look at these things and look at this, this and that. I'm like, yes, let's make more charts. I love charts. Like we're just two super dorks. Like you just love crunching numbers and 
I, I just like to know how my vehicle works or Dutch missile or, you know, crotch rocket, whatever you want to call it. Um, I want to know why it's doing what it's doing. So I like that part about him. So pick well. So when you're on a typical race day and you're racing several different classes, is it just it's you and your mom humping the bike into whatever configuration it needs to be? What do you mean, the configuration? Like, so you were saying between, like, like this is me showing how dumb I am, like, f- from super sport to super bike, say, you've got to change the wheels? Oh, no. We just go, like, all legal all across the board. That way we don't have to change anything. So, Oh, okay. So you're fit for, like, the most strict class and then just yeah. race everything that, that fits. And that's what pretty much everybody does. So okay. that's the easiest thing. Okay, okay. Why are there so many goddamn classes? <laughs> so that you can have different... Uh, what? I just want to watch one race. Talking. What do I... One race, Kristen. I just want to see one race. Everyone going left for three hours. Why? At 200 miles an hour. Because Nick Offerman told me that was cool. <laughs> you want to hear something really cool? When I was recovering from my injury in 2012... Um, I got a call that Richard Childress NASCAR team was uh, looking for development drivers and like diversity drivers and trying to like spice up, you know, their marketing campaign or whatever. So I flew out to uh, Willow Springs, California, to the track in California called Willow Springs, um, myself and an F1 racer from Italy. And I tried out for the team in their 650 horsepower Impala, which was amazing because short gear or first gear was so short. It was a standard H four speed that I thought I was going to like go to the moon. <laughs> I was, I was like, Oh, is, is that a concrete barrier? Cause I front wheels were like off the ground. It was so ridiculously short, but um, that car was so much fun to drive. And I actually made it onto the team and I was like five seconds faster than this other guy. And I just didn't know anything about that industry to gather up enough on my end to make it happen in the time that they needed me to do what I needed to do. But I thought when they told me, they were like, oh, we really want you on the team. I thought my life was going to change because then I could use the money from NASCAR, like Danica money, to pay for motorcycle racing. So let me ask you. Let me ask you, Kristen, have you considered uh, some diversity riders on your team? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's called Me, Myself, and Irene. Um, we're sponsored by me, like uh, Ricky Bobby, all that. It's not sounding very diverse to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it is when you see the attitudes and the different, uh, you know. Have you thought about a couple of out of shape, slightly overweight white dudes? <laughs> no. <laughs> it sounds like your team is very Kristen. I think you need some diversity. <laughs> Okay, I got diversity riders are a thing. Diversity oh ra- drivers. Yeah, what, what they were looking for? We need a black dude, a woman, uh, it, and maybe a Puerto. It, it's like it's like we're creating like the Rangers. Power Rangers. <laughs> the Power Rangers of NASCAR. <laughs> it's like an action movie, you know. You need you need you need the chick and the black guy and the smart guy and the big guy and the <laughs> and maybe a Puerto Rican. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so weird. Is that a thing? Is that what they mean by diversity? What what were they yeah, going Yeah, so they're for? looking when they say diversity, so uh, to my <laughs> Hey, I just like, realized all of our drivers are southern white dudes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on. <laughs> and they're all out of North Carolina. <laughs> so they're yeah, they're looking for like not only, I mean, 
I guess you could still be considered a diversity driver, quote unquote. It's a very loose term that you can kind of change person to person. But like somebody who doesn't just have like this cookie cutter life of, yeah, so I got to do go-karts and my family was in racing, so I got into racing and I just... My my name ends with Junior. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's usually how I'm, I'm pretty sure I could get on a diversity team as a total Yankee. There you go. It sounds like, you know, just, I'm a Californian, and I'm right, and I'm off-white. There you go. You can, you, you're <laughs> there. I'm, you need to go drive NASCAR. Charles. I'm vaguely ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so racing clearly has been a really positive thing for you. I mean, it's, it sounds like you're, you're into it, you like what you're doing. I love it. Like, it's literally, it, when, I'm not, when I'm not racing, before I got this bike that I have now, I think I was literally on the verge of, like, some sort of a depression because I didn't have any the need to get out of bed or do anything. And even now, even now we're technically in the off season, like my day is full of planning to race, you know, in a couple weeks and just planning everything out and studying tracks and going through footage and training in the gym. And like, that's the only thing that gets me awake in the morning and keeps me up at night. In a good way. Okay. So given all that, what do you not like about racing? What do you not like about the racing or the environment, the culture that surrounds yeah, it? I love all that. I mean, other than no one giving a shit about it. Yeah, that, that, that is what I don't like. Because other than that. See, there is no other. So there's <laughs> just everything. Is just, or none. Like, gotta love Everything's it. all wine and roses in, in the land of racing. No. There's just no, nothing that kind of bugs you about it. Uh, I want less I classes. That's what I want. I want less classes. You want what? <laughs> less classes. Oh, less classes? No, I want more classes. More classes? Yeah. More races that way. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so like, okay, AMA is now Moto America, so I don't know how their structure is going to be 100%, but like, you just have the three classes pretty much. Like, you're only going to get to do two races all weekend. Um. CCS, ASRA, uh, ARMA, all, there's like, you go down the list, WIRA, there's tons and tons and tons of other organizations that all kind of operate under this umbrella of, you know, motorcycling rules and laws like insurance companies do kind of sort of. Um, so they're all like sanctioned the same way. They just are different series, mostly regional and then national also. But then you get like, I mean, I'm doing seven sprint races in one weekend and I'm going to attempt to do a two-hour endurance race that's the team challenge with myself, the Kristen team that we talked about before. Just me. <laughs> you're, Tag, you're it, Kristen. You're that's it. Kristen. You're going to change helmets? <laughs> Off the bench all day long. So Swap a different helmet in every couple Swap a different laps. color lever, leather, slap yourself on the ass and jump on the bike kind of thing. I mean, yep. like. I just feel like a little whirlwind, get off, you know, get the uh, ball bat out, put it on my forehead, do some spins, and then I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. do a, a, like a pirouette kind of spin? Or? No, not that skilled. <laughs> More like a, like a shuffle. I understand now why there are so many classes. I get it. She said it. It's so that they can get more excuses for track time. That sounds right. If well, there's just one class, exactly. there's just one race. That's if exactly there's 20 classes. I'm doing that uh, that endurance race because, okay, so I have this brand new bike, right? I have not rode it at all. And my first chance to ride it will be the first race weekend of the year. So if I'm not planning on getting to every single endurance race 
you know, nationally. And I know I'm not going to be in the points because of my schedule and other commitments to the series. Then why wouldn't I use it for seat time? Like the typical entry fees, 80 bucks for the first race entry first. This is for CCS and, um, ASRA. And then everyone after that, if you're pre-entering, it's 55. But the two hour, uh, endurance race is like 160, 170 bucks or something like that. So you get 90 some laps depending on the track and your typical sprint race is nine laps. And usually you have some jerk who like doesn't know what the hell he's doing and wads it up and ruins it for everybody and you might only get four. So the seat time, I mean, for me, that's it, it, like priceless. Of course, if, if you were like, doing this as a team of riders, you would probably still only get nine laps or so. You're getting 90 laps because it's you. Yeah, you can't have like more than uh, four people, I don't think. Um, I mean, you're going to get at least like 20 apiece. Or you, you could come up with four different ways to spell your name. Um, oh, you can. Separate the <laughs> I can think of about five to spell Kristen. <laughs> what you need to do is you need to go to a Whole Foods or a Starbucks and ask around for all the Kristens and find out how they spell their names. Oh, I know exactly how they spell them because it's exactly how they misspell all of my names. <laughs> I know all, I know every variation there is. Well, there you go. You've got your team. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why they have all the classes. So, um... How close attention do your sponsors pay attention to your, your standing, your, your points and whatnot? Well, it depends on if you have a contingency sponsor or like every sponsor arrangement is going to be different. So like right now this year, what I'm doing different is being that I'm actually planning out my race year ahead of time. Like 2014, I got into last minute. Like I, my dad was sick. I got the bike. I'm like, all right, that's it. Like, I can't wait. I'm doing it. I just bought like my buddy's old, uh, race bike from the year before and I just I didn't even care to like go through it and set it up right nor did I have like the finances to rebuild the whole thing or know who would even do it at that point um because Rich and I weren't working together they got my crew chief now um so I just was like winging it and it was a disaster like that bike was not safe at all I didn't know it wasn't safe until I had Rich tell me it wasn't safe that was after I blew it up <laughs> he was like yeah yeah this, you can't do this. So I got rid of that, but now I have this, this new bike and I'm able to have it set up just for me so that I can do well on it. Cause every racer rides differently. It's, you know, has a different preference or the way they like to feel things. So I'm having the opportunity to plan that out. So I'm like, all right, well, I need to kind of do this on the back end too, because even though it's a sport and you love it, it's a passion, like it's still, unless you're independently wealthy, going to make you go broke or like, hustle in some kind of way that is not legal possibly or like you're gonna have to find some some help like some arrangements you can't be paying retail price for all the parts that we go through the the amount that we go through and the frequency that we go through them so um it's about like building these relationships with these sponsors so like for example moto z this company that i picked up this year uh they are out of new york uh, we, I've never met them. I've never done business with them before, but I was searching it. I would go on like themes. So like one day I'll go, okay, I'm going to search all the parts and accessories stores that carry this, the brand sprockets that I like to race on. And I'm going to, I know that they can carry the stuff that I need and, and prefer. So I would just like call all of them. And that's how I got in touch with Moto Z. 
And he's like, well, I've never done this before. We're just like a family shop. You know, like my wife and I, we run this place and we do mostly dirt bike stuff. But, you know, we would be thinking about that. I'm like, all right, well, what do you want to do? What kind of jumps do you do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But so, yes, no, he knew what I did. It just, he had never, he just was like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do I do? And I just was like, well, what are you trying to grow? You know, like, do you want more advertising or you want to go to more plate? I don't know. Like, what do you want? And then once you find out what they need for their business, then you can find out how you can help them get that. So it's always a working, it's no like set menu of items where you just pick off of, all right, well, I want this. You give me this. Okay. I'll give you that. Check, 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 check. We're good. No, it's, it's, we're people, we're racers, we have personalities. We're not like, you know, crunching. Well, I'm crunching numbers all day, but I mean, because <laughs> I love my charts, but that's just me. <laughs> charts! That. More charts. Do you have a more chart charts. on the side of your bike? Um, well. Does it go up and to the right? I love those. <laughs> no, but I did paint one entire wall in my toy hauler, uh, dry erase board so that I could draw charts on it. Awesome. Yeah. Todd's jealous. I, a little bit. A little so bit. so who who are your who are your big name sponsors that we'd know the name of right now? Uh, what so, kind of relationship do you have with them? Well, actually they're all new this year because I've teamed up with a marketing uh company actually, uh Drive Motorsports International. They're actually out of uh out of Portland. And he's been like Tony Scott, he's the owner and, and he's been guiding me on how to make these proposals and how to approach these sponsors so you're not just like willy-nilly like sending out your stuff to like the wrong people so he's been like kind of coaching me on what like a sports agent would actually do if i were to hire myself to work for myself for the Kristen team which is like i don't know if you can hire another Kristen. is it in the budget it's like it's like multiplicity in here i'll tell you what like depends on time of day depends how she spells her name the Kristen payroll is getting ridiculous it's crazy i've got like a whole posse I even got some in the basement. <laughs> They're kind of divas, I hear. Yeah. yeah, well, that's why we keep them in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do with the kids I sell on Craigslist. Yeah, exactly. So so the big sponsors now, um, I just was able to hook up with uh, Held USA and Schubert of North America, which last year, not even two years ago, uh, Schubert took over the management and, and handling all of held USA products. Uh, so they are going to be my gear sponsor for the year. They are supplying my suit, boots, gloves, helmet. Uh, and in exchange for that, I promote their product, uh, work with their social media team and their marketing advertising team and go to events and trade shows and do public speaking and really just get like their brand out there and, talk about it and, you know, give my feedback on it because, I mean, women in race suits, like, we have many, many more things that could cause discomfort or issues, more so than guys. So, like, if it's comfortable for me to wear a race suit and it's made really well and I can wiggle around in it and do my thing, then, like, I see no issue with a guy not being able to have the same qualities. So... Um, now that I've been around for a little bit, I don't have, I guess, like the stigma of like, oh, you're just a girl on a bike. Because then when I pass them, they're like, shit, 
Will, will the uh, will the race suit make my ass look big? Yeah. No, actually, they, all, all the guys. It's actually kind of funny. Every if you look at any guy off of the race bike and standing up straight like a normal human, it looks like everybody like pooped their pants. It's like all saggy. <laughs> I've seen that. It's the saggy diaper. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, because they're not really made to like stand up straight. They're made to be in like this, you know, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, fetal position all the time, which is not standing up. So. So it will make my ass look big and droopy. Yeah, I don't know about big. We're definitely going with like the secretary butt, like flat, flabby, droopy, saggy, and full of shit. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much. So, but yeah, so I got them going on. And then uh, also actually just met with uh, Evan's uh, cooling yesterday. It's a engine coolant product. So they make coolant for cars, trucks. Drag strip racing, you know, any type of racing really, or even just your daily drivers, uh, and, and all the way to your big rigs and your dirt bikes and your, uh, you know, street racing bikes. They make coolant for any engine, basically. Can you use coolant on the track? Uh, no. And yes, all at the same time. So the track requirements and the rules. <laughs> Only if they catch us. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you don't want to be that guy. Trust me. You'd be like, you don't want to be that guy. That'd be like right. being the guy in the Cowboys jersey at the Eagles stadium. Like That Kristen got fired. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad day. Um, yeah, you just don't want to be that guy because, well, first of all, like, you would k- probably kill people. If there's any coolant on the track, any, any glycol-based coolant, which is super slippery and it's very, very hard to clean up, you may possibly be that guy who shut the entire track down for the rest of the day and everybody would have to go home. Like, not only that, but probably a few people would have been medevaced or, you know, possibly, you know, killed. So you don't really want to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. So they have this water-based coolant that most people use. Um, that's Water wetter. Water yeah, water wetter, yeah. engine ice. Those would be your, your two top ones I could think of off the top of my head. Um Evan's coolant is not water-based, uh, but it is legal, and it actually has a higher burn rate. To, uh, I don't have my notes right in front of me. It's like 375 degrees boiling point, um, and because it doesn't disperse the same way that regular water-based coolant does, it doesn't create any hot spots, so it keeps your engine going longer for an extent, you know, a longer period of time. So it's not water based or glycol based. No, it's um. I gotta get. I gotta get my notes. Hang on. I got a note on that. Nerds. Nerds want to know. Hey, she likes charts. <laughs> but apparently not notes. <laughs> no, I gotta get my chart, man. All right. So he was. I mean, I didn't even know all this stuff about. I knew some stuff about it, but uh, they're calling. So water, he's, so water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit, right? Uh, ethanol antifreeze, like your typical antifreeze, which you have like in your regular cars, or whatever, 225, and then they're at 375, um, because it's never allowing the metal to be having a hot spot from, like you know, you boil water and it bubbles up, like yeah. and moves away. Uh, their bubbles, if they do bubble, and their coolant are like little tiny. Tiny, tiny little bubbles so they don't disperse the coolant so far away that you would get like a, a dry spot or a hot spot. Kristen, tell me truthfully, 
Is is your relationship with this coolant company tied to your love of charts? I don't know. <laughs> That's a yes. She showed up. He's are like, you, I have a chart. Are you looking at a chart right now? Yes. <laughs> I can't help it. I love them. They're just. I, I have a chart here for you, Kristen. When she actually, when she actually is able to have a staff that is not all Kristens, <laughs> it's going to be her, her team is going to be called Team Chart. <laughs> the chart people off the chart. Are you in cell B two? Yeah, that's the one we need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they are propylene-based glycol, and that's what. Oh, okay. Um, that's the difference. In a nutshell, you're starting to really come on with the racing now. You're you're working your way up in the standings, I guess, as time allows. But so, wh- what's what's your dream for it? I mean, what what's the track you want to race? The race you want to race? What's the bike you want to race? For that matter. You know, I the bikes change so much all the time, like. It's so hard to know. I mean, they're all amazing machines. Like the technology that they have in these bikes now is beyond fathomable. Like they got charts that I've never seen before. (laughs) (laughs) This chart has 12 colors. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They've got one of those charting printers that's four feet wide. Exactly. It's got like. Wait, do you have one of those? Do you have a plotter? Well, no. Are you going to get one? You're going to get one, aren't you? When she hits it big. That's the first (laughs) person. There's going to be two plotters in the trailer. (laughs) You never know. You never know. Um, But yeah, they're just all so different and they're all going to be customized like to you as well. Um, And they are all changing almost all the time. So. It's hard to say like what bike I'd want to be on because the bike I'd want to be on now is probably not even going to be close to the same bike five years from now. Hmm. Um, so it's hard to kind of answer that part. As for like what I would want to do with it as with the racing end of things, you know, I want to be able to not race just one specific series, but I want to be able to just be in motorcycles all day, every day. I don't want to have to do like the cube farm you know, nine to five and like pulling up to work at four in the morning and sleeping in my truck in the parking lot for an hour with like a race trailer behind me and getting all like hopped up on rock stars and trying to work and then do all these things. It's like very, I don't know, stressful (laughs) work, but I want to just, I want to race like any other racer does. That's all I want to do. I want to race like anything from a, little dirt bike to flat track to you know still road racing hell i can get a lawnmower <laughs> and look at charts all day yeah exactly the more charts the merrier so your first race is coming up in march at rolling road raceway in bloomingdale georgia right yeah it's like right near savannah very so very close what, to Savannah. what are you racing there what what classes so there I am doing uh, both ASRA classes, which is the American Sport Bike Racing Association. Um, usually they're held they're like two different series, but they're held the same weekend as CPS. If only you could see the look on Todd's face. <laughs> I'm so Isn't it super duper funny? <laughs> this, this blankness just settled in. <laughs> you could hear the dial down. Bueller? Just happened right is it Bueller? <laughs> It was like window shades just flipped on. 
I got several words into the sentence. Sorry. Pro- proceed. There was, there was Our listeners words, do want to know and they want to see you race. Uh, what's say it again? Our listeners want to know and they do want to see you race, even if I can't keep up. All right, all right. Well, none of you are going to be able to keep up, but we can get you a seat in the middle. Wow. <laughs> diversity, Kristen. We've been talking about diversity. Slow is part of diversity. <laughs> Someone has to be last, goddammit. Nose goes, and it ain't me. <laughs> no, it's us. So, Savannah, Georgia, uh, that would be March 7th and 8th. Um, the first weekend in March. We have practice on Friday, which is for racers only. You have to have a race license to be there. Um, they may have a school there that weekend. Uh, Nate Kern is the guy who's hosting that. He does a lot of the schools there at Roebling. Um, so we'll be there and it'll be cold. It was cold last year, like 40 degrees in the morning. I maybe got up to like at seventies during the day, which makes for difficult racing. Cause like you can't ever really get warm. Tires never really get hot. The bike handles much differently than, you know, later in the year, but it's always a good turnout always. And you have like the award banquets from, you know, the previous year and stuff like that. It's always a good time. Um, you know, we're going to be camping out there. We got, our RV and I already got two reservations. Uh, my good friend, Lisa Theopold, she's, uh, one of the photographers for our series. So she's staying cause she offered to cook breakfast first. So I'm like, all right, as long as you bring bacon and sausage and eggs, you're in. Um, so she's staying with me and, uh, my other friend Lloyd from New York is going to be coming down with us, uh, in a happy little camper. Um, so we'll be there all weekend. And then I fly back to work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the morning fly back to Daytona Wednesday night. My mom's going to stay down with the trailer and the truck and we'll check into Daytona for bike week and, uh, races there Thursday morning around like five or six in the morning, uh, race or practice Thursday, race Friday, Saturday, Sunday, drive home Sunday night and go back to work on Monday. And that's going to be like your year for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I so a couple months ago, they, they released the tentative schedule, and within 10 minutes, my boss had my availability for now to October. <laughs> so is it true that you'll be signing extra super awesome autographs if listeners show up with a chart for you to sign? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? I, if you had a chart, like handy, your own chart, and I didn't have to give you one of my charts, yeah. There you go, listeners. Yep. Show up with a chart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so be sure to check out Kristen's site at kristencaseyracing.com. Kristen, thanks so much for being on with us tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. I feel marginally better about racing. I can probably feel three lines about racing. <laughs> I am still interested to try track day hmm. some sometime. It's, but it, I, one of the things that worries me is I would like it to the point that I don't want a street ride. Yeah. And I want a street ride. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that. so many people I talk to are just like, oh, once you try track, you don't ever want to go back to the street. Hmm. It's too perfect. It's, huh. you know, so safe and, you know, everything's perfect. Everyone's in one direction and, and they're all cuddly and nice and friendly yeah. and they've done free donuts and yeah, but you have a, you have to have a shit pot of money yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and time. So the, the thing, in addition to the fact that the track just doesn't really excite me that much, um, why? I don't know. I, th- I think it's that the thing, I think it's because the charge for me on a motorcycle mm-hmm. is not necessarily going fast. That's cool. It's not necessarily going around corners fast or anything like that. It's really going places on it. Okay. I like being out, sitting on top of a vehicle, out in the open places. Okay. You know, that to me is the best. 
that is that is what it's all about. You so, know? say a, a run, not a traveling kind of run, but something we would do on Sunday, like just mm-hmm. you know, um, money and back. Yeah, that's preferable to you than than doing a track day. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I want to be out there in it. All right. You know, that's the cool, because every time you go on something like that, to me, I see something different or, you know, experience different or, you know, smell the smells, see the sights, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Stop for You know, I like, I like going fast, but, you know, it's really to me about going places with it. Okay. So that aside, mm-hmm. the other thing you don't get about the, track. The other thing that actually she really reinforced me about track is when she say she says what she changed, she talks about, you know, oh, I just wish there were more people who were into it, but then she talks about her dreams for it and one of the... You know, honestly, the tone she takes when she's talking about being in the car at 4 a.m., you know, sleeping, sleeping for an hour in the truck before work kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, it kind of sounds like it's a really hard life. Like, in order to do it, you have to sacrifice tons of other, you know. Yeah, it sounds like she stuff. is just constantly hustling mm-hmm. to, to make the ends meet that she can do this. And that's probably unique to racers, but I think about the track day people, and the thing about it is, is most of them, all they can manage to do is get some track days done, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everything else is too expensive. And, right. Oh, yeah. Because I get you. I mean, you're looking at track days like a couple hundred bucks, right? Mm-hmm. You know? At least, plus you know all of the bike crap. Yeah, you have to get like a whole separate set of bike crap. Yeah. To your your street bike crap, mm-hmm. even if you take your street bike, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you know. Well, <laughs> would you try to wear your Olympias, you know, one piece out there as opposed to probably not? Yeah. Maybe if you were like doing the beginner or intro kind of stuff. Yeah, even then, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I might. I, would, I could see myself trying it out at least once in the in the um, tees. Yeah, but I, if I wanted to do track days on a regular basis, no, mm-hmm. you get a tracksuit. Yeah, with droopy ass mm-hmm. and a big old bottle of monkey butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a big old bottle. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. The 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 everyone who does it clearly really loves it, but they're it's interesting how much you have to dedicate to it to really do it. And the more you dedicate, the more you want to do it, I guess. Yeah, it's like because it sounds like she just wants to keep going and going. Got to ride, get a ride, got to ride, get a ride. But you know, I do have a friend who's willing to sell me an SV six fifty for mm-hmm. really good price. Mm-hmm. I just have to go get it. Yeah. I don't know if I want that bug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that bug sounds expensive. <laughs> sounds sounds expensive. Yeah. 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 So speaking of bugs, so Bug sent us that uh, video of the uh, crap for Wheelner's crash analysis. He also sent us a link to a first ride thing about the Kawasaki Vulcan S. Yeah, he wanted to know your thoughts about it, especially in light as you know, you do you're trying to keep up on bikes to talk to students. Oh about. my god, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the S stands for? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. So, so the, you know what this reminds me more than anything of? The Vulcan S is, uh, what is it, 600, 650? Uh, I think it's the Ninja 650. Yeah, it's a Ninja model. Um, so it, 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 you know what it reminds me of is the, Ninja, the Vulcan 500, which was a freaking phenomenal, massively underrated bike. Okay. Um, you want a cruiser. And the, the funny thing is about this is the, the 650 Ninja engine, just like the 500 Ninja engine, could walk away. From cruisers double its size, mm-hmm. like like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing they did with this, I was reading about it. So in addition to just being a really good, capable all-arounder engine in a small bike, um, cleverly for beginners, they set it up so it can be sized to different sizes, like higher, lower seats, higher, lower okay. bars, and all of this is very easy to do, okay. which is so smart because 
you know, honestly, the problem with the Vulcan 500 is I look like a bear on a tricycle on the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just not big. What are the, there's another bike I was just reading about that was, they're talking about being able to do that. I think it's the FJ09. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, risers can be moved around. Risers can be moved around. The seat adjust. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's like becoming a thing now. That's about time. I, yeah, I'd like Honestly. the idea. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the big weaknesses of bikes is like you either kind of fit on or you don't. Yeah. And if you, you, if you fit on it and don't lock the bike anyway, then you, who cares? You, 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 you might not, you're likely not to get the bike just because yeah. you're like, well, I want to look good on it too. Half, half the reason I can't, half the reason I can't get rid of the Strom and probably won't be able to for a long time is it's, it's that convergence of a, an engine I enjoy with a bike that fits me right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, once you find that, you're like, ooh, don't, don't change anything. <laughs> you just, no, 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 no. But you, you were making googly eyes at the Versus 1000. I, I am making googly eyes at the Versus 1000. It looks about the right size to fit me. Mm-hmm. The engine sounds kind of cool. Although, you know, I'm sure that, I suspect the FJ09 engine is a more Todd engine. Mm-hmm. As they I, talk about third gear, no effort wheelies. That that's what I'm, I'm more interested in. Mm-hmm. Is the FJ? Yeah, the Versus just looks cool though, and that orange color looks badass. <laughs> well, and I, I the Versus 650 was one of the few bikes that made me consider getting rid of the Strom. It was a good bike, so I have high hopes for the Versus 1000. It was, it was a it was a really good bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got nothing but good things to say about it. But yeah, it's it's at the same time. But I still had to get rid of it to buy another Ulysses. That's the thing. At the same time, <laughs> I'm worried that it won't move me. The engine will be a little too, you know, smooth and friendly and all that. I just don't know. Where the FZ, FJ09, they're like, yeah, when you hit the power band, you you pretty much uh, rips your teeth out. <laughs> I'm like, go on. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere right about 5,000 or so where it starts to go. <laughs> Can I yeah. somehow hammer this day-long seat onto it. <laughs> Will it fit? Uh, I'm going to make it fit. <laughs> one way or another. Sir, sir, you have to buy the bike first. <laughs> Go to hell, sales weasel. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> uh, we also got an email uh, entry from Adrian for a more contradictory statement than our uh, one about Stangs in the last show. Mm-hmm. His is, I'm cool. I own a Pacific Coast and a KLR. Not bad. <laughs> Might be reaching a little too far. Yeah. And it's a little too self-conscious of the fact that it's contradictory. Uh-huh. You know, and really good contradictory statements mean the person who says it has to be totally oblivious to how I'm very straight-faced. I drive a Mustang yeah. and I'm not a douchebag. Uh, no, I drive a Stang and I'm not a douche. <laughs> I was not a douche in my Stang. <laughs> Oh, I with a straight face. I wasn't a douche in my stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say that with a straight face. I did. I, I like it, though. Pacific Coast and a KLR. That's it's, it's a strong showing. Mm-hmm. What have you learned, Todd? I've learned that we don't have enough charts on this show. <laughs> what have you learned, Chuck? <laughs> I wasn't a douchebag in my stand. You learned that last time. So? Fuck you. Still learning it now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all we got time for this week. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. I forgot what I was supposed to say. (laughs) You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website, 
www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.